are self-sufficient, you have no need of God. If you have no need of God, you do not seek him. If you do not seek him, you will not find him. God loves us, so he makes us the gift of suffering. Through suffering, we release our hold on the toys of this world and know our true good lies in another world. We're like blocks of stone, out of which the sculptor carves the forms of men. The blows of his chisel, which hurt us so much, are what makes us perfect. The suffering in the world is not the failure of God's love for us. It is that love in action. For believe me, this world that seems to us so substantial is no more than the shadowlands. Real life has not begun yet. Right, and do you remember that she said, oh, yes, I know, the unspeakable in pursuit of the inedible? That's it, Harry, that's it. Then I informed her that animals are merciless killers and regularly eat one another alive. We had a short and, I thought, productive exchange about the moral superiority of herbivores to carnivores, at the end of which I suggested the logic of her position was that she should execute her cats. She then said, why are you trying to upset me? You don't even know me. What is that supposed? to prove. I think Christopher means us to conclude that women are different. Pass the poor. Ah. Oh, thank you, Jack. Women are different. Uh, well, it seems to me the poor woman was clearly terrified. Yeah, yeah. I like her saying, why are you upsetting me? You don't even know me. <laughs> She's right, of course. One does only seek to distress one's friends. Ah. Yeah, different in what way, exactly? The point is this, Alan. She was unable to distinguish between an intellectual attack and an emotional attack. So, Christopher, some women are very clever, you know. Uh, Jack, you don't hold with us, do you? I mean, you're a great respecter of women. Thank you, Woody. Ah, it's all that depth of personal experience. Uh-huh. Christopher <laughs> believes only practicing fornicators can teach him sexual morality. Uh, or do you believe each man must fornicate for himself? I've never been quite clear. Mm-hmm. In a sense, perhaps I do. Morality presupposes choices. Uh-huh. The man who has never fornicated or wanted to fornicate or imagined fornicating has no real moral choice in the matter. To fornicate or not to fornicate... That is the question. Uh, uh, Christopher, beware solipsism. Soon you'll be believing if it hasn't happened to you, it doesn't exist. I'm sure you're right, Jack. Already I believe if it hasn't happened to me, it doesn't matter. Come along now, Jack. We're relying on you, Jack, to speak up for the weaker sex. Yes, Jack, why not? You're a writer of fantasies. I do talk to women, Christopher. Uh, really? Really. Name one woman you've spoken to this week. Well, I addressed a conference of women on Monday, as it happens. <laughs> ah, but did they address you? Uh, well, <laughs> Well, I get letters. Women write me letters. Do you write back? Of course. Pen pals. Well, well. Epistolary intimacies. Liaison dangerous. I don't profess any special insights on the subject. Harry here is the married man. Um, Speaking of which... Oh, yes. Off you go, Harry. (laughs) Good night. Good night. I must be off, too, then. Night-night. Night, everybody. (laughs) Come on, warn it. Time to go. T'was an evening in November, as I very well remember. I was walking down the street in drunken pride. My knees were all aflutter, so I lay down in the gutter, and a pig came down and lay down by my side. As I lay there in the gutter, thinking thoughts I could not utter, a lady passing by was heard to say... You can tell a man who boozes by the company he chooses. And the pig got up and slowly walked away. (laughs) Good night, Lewis Major. Good night. Good night, Lewis Minor. Good night, Christopher. You and your 
pig. Come on, big brother. Uh, well, thanks for the dinner, Jack. Decent claret, I thought. Oh, very decent. Shall we treat ourselves to a cab? Oh, no, I think I'm up to a toddle. It's hardly very far. Yeah. Whatever you say, Warney. Good night, gentlemen. Good night. Good night, Alan. Good night. The young Greg. He hasn't quite got it, has he? He's all right. Yeah. Give him time. Young people are so serious. They're no more than us, I dare say. It's a matter of style. Christopher used to be quite serious. I remember him getting quite heated about the abdication. Thought the king was unfairly treated, did he? No, no, he thought he ought to be guillotined. <laughs> you know, tell you something I've noticed, Jack. Christopher lives the life of a monk and talks about nothing but women. Harry's married and never says a word about his wife. <laughs> what should we conclude from that, Warney? That women are more interesting in theory than in practice? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I find it safer never to conclude anything. <sighs> Going to be a frost tonight. Too many stars. Confuses me. Ah, uh, Warney, you're as bad as Christopher. Good dinner. Always is. <laughs> well, here we are, safely home. Here he lies where he longs to be. Home is the sailor, home from sea. And the hunter, home from the hill. Come on. Good morning. I had the strangest dream last night. Coffee? Mm. Ah, another dispatch from Mrs. Gresham. Can't remember any of it. The Jewish communist Christian American. <laughs> See, when they ask me how I know it's strange if I've forgotten it, and I can't answer that one. Oh, Mrs. Gresham is very persistent. <laughs> Which would you rather be, Mr. Lewis, the child caught in the magic spell or the magician casting it? No news in the paper, of course. Never is any. I find that I'm quite curious about her. About who? Mrs. Gresham. What's that? Her letters are unusual. She writes as if she knows me. Well, how can she? I don't know. I suppose she's read my books. Oh, I expect it's just the American style. Americans don't understand about inhibitions. Ah. <laughs> she's called Joy. But one can't hold her responsible for that. <laughs> oh, look at that, Warney. Top line. Oh, she's coming to England. Yes. I'm told you share a house with your brother, Major Lewis. Who can have told her that? You remember that American who came and wrote a sort of book about me? She knows him. Ah, yeah. I imagine you telling your brother about me and him saying, Is she a nut? And you weighing this letter in one hand as if to weigh my respectability and saying, I'm not sure. Is she a nut? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, she seems to want to meet you. Us. Politeness. A good sign. You are curious. When you correspond with someone, you do begin to form an impression. You wonder whether the impression's correct. Now, what do you say, Warney? I see her as rather short and dumpy. Spectacles. Certainly not a beauty. Long-pointed nose. Leopard-skin coat and red hat. Brown eyes. Beady. No, I don't think so. More probing. Pushy. She suggests tea in a hotel. That shows some delicacy, I think. Well, tea is safe. A hotel is safe, yes. Shall we say yes? Oh, she might be mad. <laughs> Remember the one who put an announcement in the paper saying you'd married her? Oh, I don't think so. Though she does write poems. Then she is bonkers. <laughs> it is possible. Well, I suppose if she's coming all the way from New York to see you... Good heavens, Warney. What gives you that idea? No, I'm just a day excursion. Blenheim Palace, Wookie Hole, tea with the Lewis brothers. With you. I'm not going alone. Well, if you want to. <laughs> 
How will we know which one is her? I suppose her little boy will be with her. Oh, what of the two middle-aged ladies with small boys? We must hope that they don't all want to have tea with us. <laughs> oh, now, there. There's a woman. But you see, no little boy. What's the boy's name? Douglas. You won't be too agreeable, will you, Jack? Don't worry, Warnie. We'll put her back on the 457 to Paddington. She'll turn out to be writing a dissertation on your works. She'll ask if she can come and watch you while you create. She'll say, I'll sit in a corner and you'll never know I'm there. She'll ask you how you get your ideas. She'll take flashed photographs. It's only tea. An hour or so of polite conversation. Then we go home and everything goes on just the way it always has. Ah, it's her, Warnie. Coming this way. Surely not. I think so. Mr. Lewis? Uh, Mrs. Gresham? I'm Joy Gresham. How do you do? Uh, this is my brother, Major Lewis. Major Lewis, and this is Douglas. Hello, Douglas. Is that him? That's him. It doesn't look like him. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Douglas. Yours is, I'm afraid, a common reaction. Uh, please sit down, Mrs. Gresham, and we'll summon up some tea. Uh, Warnie, would you mind bringing the old uh, what's-it? Uh, that is, if you drink tea... Of course, this is England. Well, yes, yeah, so it is. Uh, tea for three, please, waitress. I get the feeling you share Douglas's opinion. I don't look like him. Oh, I'm sorry. I... It's just that I've imagined this moment. And it's not as you imagined? Not exactly. <laughs> it's kind of you to find time to meet me. So many people must write you. You can't be forever having tea with strange women. Well, not completely strange, Mrs. Gresham. I've enjoyed our correspondence. Enjoyed? Okay. Not the word you would use? Your letters have been the most important thing in my life. Oh, dear. But let's pretend I didn't say that. This is tea. This is England. <laughs> uh, thank you, waitress. Thank you. Sir.